Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The Coterie is poised to publicly confront the imposter Horatio Sandrop and expose him for who he really is. As they push through the crowd towards the stage, Everett, however, finds himself drifting into a memory. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Everett Fry, you are closing in to make perhaps the biggest arrest of your career when you can't help but remember the other biggest arrest of your career that took place five years (laughs) earlier. We are traveling back in time to a town. Not so small that it would be forgotten. Not so big that it's a big city in Texas. Everett, what is the name of your hometown? Oh, uh, drink water. Nice. Drink water. A town between phases, between eras, having been huge and booming and growing in the past, experiencing the wane that comes after the wax before hopefully another renewal. It is a time of an election. There are multiple people running for mayor. You have your incumbent, and then you've got a couple of new up-and-comers, including a driven business person. That doesn't really matter to you, though. You are a homicide detective. And today, Harv has unfortunately come down sick. He's got Mm. laryngitis, which is keeping him out of things, which means you've been saddled with a trainee. What is the name of your trainee that you have been saddled with, Everett? Uh, Full name, shall we go with? Yeah, full name's great. Yeah, we'll go. I'll say uh, uh, Nicholas uh, Pike. Nicholas Pike. Claire, you are Nicholas Pike. Whose stats are shockingly similar to Doris's in that you can use the same sheet. (laughs) You are a new member of the homicide team. You are being trained up to be a homicide detective. You have been seconded to Everett Fry, who is a bit of a local legend. You've heard of Everett. You know about Everett. Not all things are good. Anyone who spent their entire (laughs) career partnered with Harv may not necessarily be a political animal inside the drinkwater department. But today... It's a very big case. It's a time for you to learn new skills and effort. It's a time for you to look into something the department is growing increasingly concerned about because the mayoral race is taking place. And two candidates have died. The first was older, found in their home of a presumed heart attack and had died. Del, what was the name of that first candidate who died? Martin Slump. (laughs) Martin Slump. Just an elderly fascinating gentleman a bit of a personality a bit of a meme candidate one might say in despite the fact it's a small town this is the the rent is too damn high mm. they're just coming out there speaking for the people not somebody that would be seriously considered to win the mayoral race 
But sadly, you know, he passed away. Martin was lost and it was deemed a heart attack. But now that there has been a second candidate who has been found dead in their home. Laura, what is the name of the second candidate? Uh, Caroline Stitz. Caroline Stitz. She has also been reported dead inside Oof. her house. When you arrive at the scene, you've been asked to look into this by your local sheriff, Zara Kyle. They, at this point in your career, they're basically an angry voice on the phone or on the radio that is just sending you to scenes. And you can hear them over the radio as you sit in the front of your squad car with your trainee Nicholas in the passenger seat. And Zara just comes over and says, I don't care what you need to do. Just wrap this up. It, this this is this is not a thing. I've already heard the reports from the scene. It's got to be fine. We cannot have this entire election just get caught up in some sort of bullshit thing. It's the weirdos. You know how weird people are who run for mayor, right, Detective Fry? Oh, uh, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, Sheriff Kyle. Exactly. So take a look at it. Let's just get this done. It's a good case for Nicholas. It doesn't need to be complicated. Uh, un- understood, sir. Nice and simple. You got it. Over I, and out. I, I just want you to know, sir, that uh, I don't mind if the case gets complicated. I, I am here for all things complicated. I am here to just help you as best I can. Oh, well, I, I appreciate that, uh, Nicholas. Uh, do, you, do you prefer Nicholas, Nick, or You can or call me whatever else? you like, sir. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to call you how you like to be called, so whatever that is. Uh, Nicholas is fine, sir. Great, Nicholas. It's, uh, I, my, my, I just say that it is a real, real honor to be serving alongside you today. I have heard so much about you. Really? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh uh, well, uh, that's uh, that's fine. That's very nice. Uh, glad to glad to know you're excited to be doing this. Uh, very excited, sir. We're gonna try and just do this slowly and, and by the book. Now, when I say by the book, do you do you have much experience with crime? Scene investigation, investigating a murder, anything like that? Give me one second, sir. And he's just going to open up the the pouch, like the bag that he has, and he's just going to pull out a book that just says crime. (laughs) 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 Says, I have read the book back and forth ten times over. I assure you that I am prepared for whatever we encounter in that abode. Oh, all right. Sounds, sounds good. Let's, uh, let's get started. And you both climb out of the squad car and begin moving towards the house. When you look at this home, you are seeing a very traditional suburban home. This isn't a house of extreme wealth, nor is it a house of extreme poverty. It's in a suburban neighborhood. There is a driveway. You've got the garage that's attached to the home. It seems pleasant. The lawn is well cared for. There are a couple of little decorations in the garden. But there is police tape cordoning off the property, and you can see a few other officers standing around. Outside of that... There are a camera crew. You see a video camera. You see it aimed at the house. There are lights on. And Everett, that is when you spot the notorious local reporter. What is her name? (laughs) Notorious local reporter. Her name is going to be Eliza uh, uh, Tops. Eliza Tops. Eliza Tops is already on the scene. And the reason Eliza is notorious is... Not only does she report on real news and occasionally break real stories, she also reports on what she calls supernatural news and other conspiracy theories that 
seem pretty easily refutable and or crazy to a more logical officer of the law. Laura, you're Eliza, and your stats are very similar to your existing journalist <laughs> character. Awesome. Uh, Eliza, what are you yelling at Detective Fry as he moves past and into the scene? Uh, Eliza is moving very quickly with like a kind of gruff, sweaty camera operator trying to keep up with her. Uh, she has her microphone up. She's like, this is Eliza Topps reporting live from the scene of the most recent murder, one of many, I might add, for Channel 11 News. Detective Fry, Detective Fry, Detective Fry, Detective uh, Fry. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Hi. Uh, Thank you. Uh, can you please, Ms. please Topps. offer offer a word for our viewers? What's the situation? Who's well, died? I, I did hear you uh, just mention that it was a, a murder. That has not been proven one way or another yet. So I just want folks at home to remain calm. We're investigating. Uh, it appears that someone at this address has passed away in their home. Mm-hmm, we are mm-hmm. looking at A young it. person, correct? Someone with no previous illness? Uh, that remains to be seen. I haven't got the coroner's report or anything like that. Again, well, we Detective will make Fry, a... the word on the street is that it was a murder. And it was under very suspicious circumstances. Do you have a comment? Just that I look forward to investigating. And, uh, you know, the police department will provide a statement after a thorough investigation of the event. So thank you very much. I must be on my way. Thank you, detective. Raise the yellow tape, Everett, and let you through as as you're. Your dear frenemy Eliza continues that you see at so many of these scenes. You just you just hear like like fading out in the background as you leave. It's like it's like and viewers, yes, we will keep you apprised of everything that's happening under these mysterious circumstances. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. <laughs> Everett and Nicholas, you make your way towards the front door of the house. And when you step inside, you're ready to go to any of the more typical places where you would find someone who had passed away, especially in nonviolent circumstances, a bedroom, a bathroom. But you are waved by officers into the garage. You step into the garage from inside the home. There is a door inside the front hallway that leads into the garage area. And that's when you see a tragic sight that, Nicholas, you've read about and Everett, you've seen a few times before. You see a car. That is parked a a 1970s old sedan, very well maintained. And there is a garden hose taped to the exhaust Mm. and fed in through Mm. the driver's side window. And you can see that there is a body inside the car. The officers just go "Mm -hmm," and then step out and close the garage door, the, the door into the garage from inside the house. The center front door is already closed, leaving you inside the scene. What do you you do? can you can see Nicholas is definitely kind of like got in the door and then he's just stopped and he's kind of staring wide eyed at this horrifying sight. Um, uh, and then if he officer, sees you see him, he's going to try to kind of like yeah. <clears throat> pull himself together and straighten his tie. And uh, right, yes, uh, uh, sir. Where, where where do we start? I just want to ask you something quick. Is this your first time around a dead body? It, it is, sir, but I'm sure that I can handle this uh, according to the book, and I will not be a liability to you. I promise. All right. Uh, look, at at first, I, I kind of found uh, sometimes it easier to think that, you know, after they've died, they're not a person anymore. You know, there's it's a body. It's It's different. If that doesn't help, don't worry about it. Don't think about it that way. But I, sometimes I find it takes a little bit of the sting out of it of like, this is a crime scene. 
there's evidence. The body is part of the evidence. It, it, it helps me. It helped me when I was new. He slipped open a little pad of paper and you see him scribbling. <laughs> no, body, not, not a person. You don't need to write that down. I don't, I'm not trying to. Well, I just want to, I just want to make sure that I'm keeping notes from the best, sir. But uh, th- thank you. Yes, uh, <laughs> Everett, can you roll me yeah. a charisma and investigation? And Nicholas, can you roll me a composure and medicine? Do I have the same amount of hunger dice, Ryan? There will be no hunger dice. You're mortal, oh, so they don't right. exist for you. Uh, that's one success. <laughs> I could st- I could still be you know distracted because I haven't had a, a bagel this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's blood sugar dice. It's, yeah, it's different. <laughs> uh, three three successes. Three successes versus one. Everett is convincing. It does help you, Nicholas, to think of this as not a body, just a part of the mystery. And it lets you swallow a little bit of that discomfort. You can settle yourself because then you're just looking at things. And that distance can help you with your new your new task. Right, sir. That uh, that does make me feel better. Thank you. Well, that's that's no problem. And uh, look, that, that bit about the best. I'm, I don't know where you heard that. That's not... I'm, we're just doing work here. And this is, again, this is by the and book. Anybody would be. You're to proud. do this work beside <laughs> you, sir. All right. I'm just saying this is what any detective of any caliber would be doing at a crime scene. You got your gloves? Shink. Yeah. Glove yeah. up. There snap, we snap. go. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look here. Uh, uh, is there a, a, an officer that I could uh, basically take a statement from on uh, just kind of who discovered the body? How long uh, have they been like this for that kind of thing? Just get brought up to speed on what what we're walking yep, into. You've got an officer just inside the house who's standing mm-hmm. inside that door so you can speak with them. If you want to talk with them, Nicholas, are you going to go through and check out the rest of the scene? Or are you just going to wander sure. around and look like what's your approach to the space? Um, yeah, I think I think very, very delicate is my approach. Mm <laughs> Fabulous. If you want to prep me a pool, then uh, either intelligence or wits. If you're using your crime book and going by the book, then, <laughs> yeah. in, then intelligence and investigation. Or if you're okay. just trusting your gut now that you've been empowered by the detective, you could use <laughs> <No>. wits. <laughs> All right. Intelligence and investigation for you. Uh, Everett, you step into the house. You, you open the door and step into the front hall and find an officer facing you there. You recognize them. What is their name? Uh, their name is going to be um, Alex Pavone. You recognize Officer Alex Pavone, somebody that you've just seen around the station. There are, uh, it is a large department. This is a pretty large town, not quite city, but large town. Uh, These kinds of things have happened. There there are different accents and deaths, but Alex is standing there with her notes out, her little notebook flipped open with the information. Just says, what what can I tell you? Uh, Just want to get brought up to speed here. It looks pretty obvious what went on in there, but like who who found the body and and, uh, how long have they been in there for? I was the first on the scene who got called in by a neighbor, said they, they heard a conversation or something, weren't sure. I came conversation. in, it ended up being what I saw. Uh, we've had calls from this neighborhood before. As, as you know, Caroline Stitt's a loud talker, does a lot of yelling. We've had some complaints about her yelling at her TV before, uh, okay. where they assumed there was a fight going on because she did not have the best of hearing. She did not uh, have the best of anything when you start looking through the house. It looks real nice outside, but in here, uh, we're seeing a lot, of, a lot of credit card bills. We're seeing a lot of other stuff. Uh, I came in. Front door was unlocked. 
went in, found her in the garage. That's when I called it in, stepped out here. I didn't touch anything in there. It just seems like real sad. Okay. Also, uh, I don't know if you know the polls, but she was she was doing dog shit. This lady was not going to be the mayor at all. I'm, I'm not really keeping track of that stuff, but that's neither here nor there. Um, any uh, any note she leave behind? Anything like that for, you know, these sorts of things? I looked through the house, but I didn't see anything posted anywhere. If, if it ain't in the garage, it ain't here. All right. Hey, thanks for your help. And I'll just head back in. Uh, and I want to go... Uh, uh, to the car and uh, open the driver's side door and get a, a get a better look at uh, Caroline. Great. As you're about to step in, though, don't forget your trainee. Nicholas, roll me those dice. Let's see how <laughs> oh, you do. Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, two success. All right. You search through the garage. You don't see any windows or anything else like that. The garage door is clearly closed. As you go through, you see some tools. You see some other materials. You see some broken pots that were clearly used for plants. You see a number of dead plants set off to the side. There are some grass cuttings in a paper bag. It just seems like a pretty typical kind of shitty, kind of dirty garage. Uh, the car is in hmm. decent repair. There's nothing there. Would you have looked into the car or would you have just kind of stuck to what you could see from I outside? I don't think it? so. I think um, I think what he would have done the second that he was like, oh, there's nothing to see here. I think he would have gone on his phone um, and started researching the mayoral candidates. How many of them are they? Where are they in the polls? Um is there anybody who's doing particularly well, particularly badly? Like just kind of getting a layout of the land because it's very suspicious that two people have died. That is a very reasonable thing. There were five candidates running for mayor. There were a bunch of other people who'd signed up for the equivalent of the primaries in this area where anyone could try to be mayor. They just had to get enough signatures on a petition for nomination for it to move forwards. There were five. The mayor is Brian Crabtree. Brian Crabtree is running for the third time. The Crabtrees are an institution in this town and is generally expected to win. And then there were three fringe candidates, for lack of a better term. There was Martin Slump, who died of, of a heart attack. There was Caroline Stitz, who you are currently investigating. And then there was the third of the fringe candidates. Dell, what is their name? Bobby. Bobby Tom. <laughs> I like Bobby Tom. Bobby Tom, the man with two first names. Yes. He was the third fringe candidate. These are people who are getting less than 5% of the total votes. Some people vote for them because they're funny. Some people vote for them because they have an extreme, extreme philosophy about one thing. Bobby Tom is just the more highways guy. <laughs> Whatever he can do, he's going to bring more highways to this town. Uh, it is his sole okay. thing. He thinks it's going to bring a ton of business. Almost everyone in town is aware that the mayor can't make the state build highways. <laughs> But Bobby Tom thinks that's part of the swamp. He just is determined oh, that he can make highways happen. There is okay. also one more serious and surprising candidate in this election, a business tycoon uh, with a number of businesses spread throughout Texas. Tyler, what is the name of this business tycoon? This business tycoon's name will be uh, Cassandra Sterling. And Cassandra Sterling is a significant voice in this campaign. Uh, Sterling Industries has brought a number of factories and warehouse jobs to this area. She's really doing the work that other people want to have. However, she's not from here, and she doesn't seem to have a whole lot of empathy for red tape or taking care of the locals. It's the balance of she's bringing a lot of money 
and she has a lot of clout and she's made a lot of things happen. So it's are people voting for Crabtree, kind of the stability of what's happened before, but we are in a waning phase of the town or are people wanting to take a bigger risk with this newer candidate? They're closer to neck and neck with the fringe people off to the side. Okay, Um, cool. Then I think as Everett comes back in the uh, garage, I think Nicholas would say, um, that's my voice again, right. Um, <laughs> oh, well, sir, I have been, um, I, I hope this is all right, sir, but I have been uh, researching the local candidates because it seems very odd to me that two candidates have died. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, um, my first train of thought is, well, depending on how big uh, the department is and how many assets we have, I think we should send people uh, to protect the remaining candidates uh, and also, I'm currently investigating whether or not, well, this this Cassandra Sterling person, um, well, I'm just wondering if somebody's picking off the lower hanging fruit, so the they're going to have to decide between the two, and they're not going to be worried about splitting votes. Am I making sense? I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm just, I'm just really excited to be doing the work, sir. Well, uh, I'll tell you, that's a real um, exciting theory, but... Uh... Uh, in my experience, most of the time, there's not any kind of real grand conspiracy going on here. Uh, but and, two, uh, two mayoral candidates have, have died, sir. Well, yes, Doesn't one that of seem a bit is One so far, quite, it seems pretty clearly of, of suicide, and we're going to do our, our due diligence here and make sure that that's the case. But uh, think about what the sheriff said over the radio there. I don't want no smoke being blown up and whipped up about this. We got, but uh, people I've are, already forgotten her name, Eliza. We got Eliza out there who's just waiting, okay? Waiting for anything like a, a patrol car parked out front of the mayor's house or Cassandra's house or whatever that other guy's name is. Uh, Bobby something. Uh, uh, bo- bo- Bobby Tom, sir, but Bobby we Tom. Shouldn't, be, shouldn't we be prioritizing his safety over our uh, public image? <sighs> well... That would be nice if we had just unlimited resources and we didn't have to worry about a big media kind of blowback thing. Look, the you heard the sheriff. They want it done a certain way. That's how we're going to try right. to do it. Now, if, right, if by the, the book. Yeah, and if <clears throat> the case shows that, yeah, something bigger is going on, something, someone's in danger, of course we're going to act on that. But we need the proof before we go doing something kind of big, like assigning officers to protect mayoral candidates, you know, 24-7. This is drink water. There's not a lot that goes on well, here I, that would... May I request something, sir? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Uh, after we are finished investigating today, uh, may we do uh, an emotional wellness check on Mr. Tom? That sounds fine. Yeah. I'll, All right. uh... Everett was going to say, like, I'll do that with you. And then he's like, why would I do that? <laughs> just like, but he's like, as he started saying, he's like, I'll, oh, fuck, what am I? I'll do that with you after our shift. All right. I knew you were a sympathetic man. Yeah. Look, I'm going to take a look at uh, Miss uh, Stitz here or, or the body. Right. And then I'll, I'll go to the, the driver's side door and open it and have a closer look. Hi, 
Howdy, I'm Everett Fry. I'm taking a little break from solving vampire crimes to talk to y'all about the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can support these fine folks that bring you this show and other shows at a number of different levels. Well, hell, for just $1 a month, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Now, I don't know what a Discord is, but it's my understanding that it's a place where a bunch of the fans gather and hang out, and it's quite active. Hell, even some of the cast members show up on there, and they're quite active too. So if that uh, tickles your fancy into something you'd be interested in checking out, well, just head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. What the hell's a Patreon? When you open the door, you see a body inside that is sitting up straight in the driver's seat. She seems well-dressed normally around the house. You're not seeing pajamas, but you're not seeing anything overly formal. You've seen stits on TV before. She's kind of the crank neighbor who yells a lot. Mm-hmm. She just has a lot of strong opinions all the time. People were likely nominating her and or voting for her just to agitate. She's somebody who'd be pretty funny to see in a debate. She Whoa. wouldn't really have anything useful to add, but <laughs> okay. she really stir things up. She's wearing just a a flower kind of flannel print button up shirt and some jeans. She does not have shoes on. Um, She is sitting. She's got her wristwatch and and a a subtle necklace. Her hair's done up. She looks pretty relaxed in this chair. Do you want to roll me an investigation for any additional facts you'd know? Yes, please. Investigation. Intelligence and investigation or wits and investigation, depending on whether you think you're analyzing it from a by the book sense or you've got a little more experience. Nicholas, I will say for you, if you want to roll me an intelligence and investigation to see if there's anything you also pick up. Cool. Everett's going to do wits and investigation. I mean, he says Mm -hmm. we're going to do this by the book, but that's mainly because he doesn't want to get poor, sweet Nicholas Pike in trouble with the (laughs) sheriff. Right. Like, and then just kind of like if the sheriff gets mad at anyone, it should just be at me. Oh. Yeah, so, we, we all teach trainees yeah. to do things the way we're supposed to do things instead yeah. of the way we mm-hmm. actually do them as people yeah, who have exactly. done things for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's two successes. Okay. Oh, we got, oh, oh, baby, even as a human, we like to fuck around here, don't we? Um, okay, <laughs> oh, <no>. so <laughs> I have oh, four no. ones uh, and two nines for a total of... Negative two, if I'm remembering correctly. What is this man? In my <laughs> wits and investigation role. Everett, you're, you've been thrown off by the the general information that you're being given. And you're also just pushing back. For you, this is not a real investigation. You've yeah. been told to come here, just put out the fire. You don't need, like, Eliza coming up with a story. Clearly, yeah. this all checks out with how disliked and unpredictable and unstable this woman was. So for you, yeah. you're opening the car door and being like, yep, it's her. It's yep, her. The She's keys dead. are in the yep. ignition. <laughs> this is this yeah. all checks out. You're kind of running through that quick checklist in your head. Yeah. You're ready to sign off. Yeah, yeah. Nicholas, as mm-hmm. you look at this scene, you're reviewing your notes because you took notes. You've gone through the crime scene investigation. You've checked all of this. And the thing that you realize is there are no windows. The garage door is closed. And from what you overheard of Everett talking to Officer Pav- Pavone, no one opened the garage door. 
there is no exhaust in this garage or in this car. You aren't smelling that. And if the officer didn't touch anything, this car wasn't on when she opened the door. Right. Okay, cool. Um, Then, yeah, Everett, you're going to see Nicholas kind of, he's going to stick his head in the car. And yeah, then I think I think Everett stands up like he, he leans down like, yep, it's her. No, she's not like obviously like bleeding from her head or anything like that. He like gets up like, yep, OK. And he's already stepped away and you have like the full room to like get in there and look. S- sir, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do believe that I might have found, uh, well, perhaps a clue or more likely the absence of a clue. Um, uh, a, don't a you clue. don't you need. Yes, sir. A clue. Um, is that not what they call it in the department? We call it evidence, and, <laughs> you know, it's it's not a, a mystery with clues and things like that. It You know, she was down in the polls. She's got no bills in there. Clues. She, she right. you know, she was depressed, probably, and then, you know, she, she didn't get the help she needed, you know, and what? Sir? What, what? Where is the exhaust smell? Well, I would admit. <laughs> and Everett, you run through and realize the things quickly as you glance around that Nicholas has already figured out. There are no windows. If the garage door wasn't opened, this should be yeah. a dangerous space. The car is already off, which would be possible depending on the gas, but it's there. And I'd say you're smart enough to instinctively reach out with a gloved hand to touch the hood of the car, and it's mm. not warm. There's nothing here. Your response time on this has not been super long. It's, okay. You got sent to put out a fire, which tends to mean you're sent pretty quickly. Yeah. I, like, go to, like, the garage, like, the door of the garage into the house. I don't even walk through it. Like, like Nicholas is like, kind of, like, sparked something in me here with this observation and I, so I'm, I'm just shouting into the house like has anyone been through here before anyone at all and officer Pafone, who's standing inside the door leans out and says no i, I looked in saw what was there and closed this door I did you open the garage there. door did anyone open the garage door or was it open when you got here nope it's been closed the whole time stayed stayed in here i didn't touch nothing he looks over at nicholas I need you to send a squad car over to Brian Crabtree's house, Mayor Crabtree. I need you to send a squad car over to Bobby Tom's house and Cassandra Sterling. They may be in danger. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Officer Pavone goes and starts calling it in. You are still in this garage. What do you do? He'll go back and kind of try to look at this with fresh eyes. Um, and, uh, entertain the notion that um, this is not what it very, very clearly seems. Um, is um, is Caroline wearing makeup? Roll me another wits and investigation. Nicholas, if you want to roll me another intelligence or wits and investigation, you've used the book now. Now it comes down to perhaps who you are. <laughs> oh, okay. Then wits. I have nothing in investigation. So we'll do, we'll do what's yeah. You're a trainee, so you're doing your best you can. Or <laughs> we'll I would accept streetwise. Or, uh, or medicine, if you wanted to look at the body and try to oh, figure out no, what you can I've find out about the body. None of these things. <laughs> <laughs> We're rolling for perfect doors, trainee. baby. Uh, that's no successes. Okay. I think I mean, Nicholas is just fucking thrilled that um, someone's taking his advice. 
I think you're doing great. Um, <laughs> all right. Between two ones and two tens, I've got three successes other than Jesus. those, which I believe cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. three successes total. Yeah. Perfect. You 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 feel like you have some epiphanies and they're they're garbage and they don't pay out at all. And you feel like you're doomed and you won't spot anything. And then you keep looking and you realize there are some strange signs in this overall scene. Uh, when you look at Caroline, she hasn't uh, been sick. Her eyes are closed. There are none of the usual stress signs of someone who had trapped themselves inside a car in this mm-hmm. circumstance. She just seems totally peaceful and and laid out. She's not wearing makeup. You originally thought when you looked at it, instead you realize she is tremendously almost, almost marble pale. Just the palest, whitest woman. And normally she's ruddier. She's you've seen her yelling. You've seen her all those things. She's usually a pretty kind of red faced complexion. This lady is pale as hell. And when you peel up her eyes, you can see they aren't bloodshot. You're not seeing any of that. You see some bruising Mm -hmm. on her forearms. And when you shift the collar of her shirt, you can see some subtle bruising on her shoulder. It's lighter than you would expect, but she is ultra pale all over. Uh. Nicholas, uh Yes, sir. Take take this down. Um bruising on the forearms could be defensive wound. Light bruising that along person. the collar. Can't quite make out what would cause that. Can't uh, quite make out what would cause that. Victim is uh unusually pale, remarkably unusually pale. Unusually pale. Uh <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to. Well, I'm, I'm done, Nicholas. Thank you. Um, t- oh, <laughs> sorry, sir. Right? Yay. I'm talking. I'm talking to you now. We're we're we're. Understood, we're gonna, sir. We're gonna need an autopsy, uh, toxicology to to absolutely rule out you know poisoning or suffocation by way of lack of oxygen or inhaling harmful she, carbon monoxide. But she don't look like she's seen a ghost. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. She looks like a ghost herself. Uh. Do you believe in ghosts, sir? No. Do you? Hang on. Do you believe in oh, ghosts? Oh, I rightly do, sir. I've seen one myself. All right. Can you <laughs> roll me, Nicholas, a wits yes. and a cult? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, okay. <gasps> Claire is Doris in all realities. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four successes. Four successes. It looks like this lady could have absolutely been scared by a ghost. It's like they scared all the blood out of her body. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Um, uh, he's going to say something exactly like that. <laughs> um, just say, you know, sir, if I... If I didn't know any better, and if I weren't truly a man of the book and the science, uh, not the good book, sir, I saved that for Sundays, but um, I, 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 I would say that she, she looks like she's, uh, well, she, she, she got no blood in her, sir. No. Looks like somebody's just sucked it right out. Uh, I'm going to, like, kind of, like, <laughs> lean her forward out of the chair just to get a better look at, her, like, her torso in general. Does she look like she was stabbed or... No stabbings, no cuts, nothing like that that you're seeing anywhere. And you do a thorough check. You have time, so you see no signs of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, is there like if you look at her veins, is there are can we see blood in her veins? Hell no, nothing. (gasps) You're seeing nothing when you look at this lady. I just, 
I, I've never, I've never seen anything like it, sir. I just, she's, she's been, it's like she's been drained. She hasn't been dead long. How is this possible? I don't rightly know, sir. This wasn't in the book. Wouldn't be able to get to her car, let alone get dressed and come out here with so like much blood loss. Uh, what the hell? We, they're going to make a true crime podcast about this, sir. No, now this is exactly <laughs> what we're trying to avoid here. I'll give it to you. This is uh, remarkable, but look, I don't know what to make of it yet. We need more data and need more information. Definitely need to get this body down to the coroner. Right. So you call for the medical examiner, Everett. Yeah. You call for a forensics team to come in and check the place out. You get all of those things in place, and you are back in your squad car, having completed that when your radio crackles, and you hear the sheriff come on, and it's, what the hell are you doing? Everett, sure. I told you to just make this go away, and now I got a forensics team. I got you expending budget that I don't have. I We, we don't need this to be a thing. Now I got security details getting sent off. Hell no. I canceled that shit. You don't need that. That doesn't need to happen. They're going to be fine. This is just old cranks doing dumb stuff or having bad shit happen. Sir, I, That's I, what's under, happening. I understand. Uh, yes, sir. However, uh, the victim uh, does not appear to have died by way of carbon monoxide inhalation, um, and uh, that would you know lead well, me to every, believe that. You know, that. a lot of things appear a lot of different ways, and I need it to appear my way. So I'm just going to need you to say yes, sir. I'm looking at Nicholas like I don't want. I don't He's, want Nicholas the new is like gesturing kid to his, looking up to me, seeing me yeah. say this, but. And he's looking at you with, like, the biggest puppy dog eyes. Like, can't wait for him to do the right thing. Yes, sir. Over and out. And I put the thing on the receiver. And I check my watch. Are we at just about the end of the shift? Mm Mm-hmm. I start the engine. I say, uh, look, can you put into the GPS the route to... Bobby Tom's house. I can, sir. It would be my honor. It... Good, I guess. Good that it's your honor. And you make your way to Bobby Tom's house. When you arrive... Bobby Tom comes to the door. Bobby Tom won't shut the fuck up about highways. It's a very standard (laughs) visit with... The wellness check is like, Bobby Tom may not be well, but Bobby Tom is the same. <laughs> and Bobby Tom is relatively stable. So yeah. so that's fine. So you return to your squad car and you're ready to wrap up your day whenever your cell phone rings. Uh, I check the caller ID. It's your mom, Juliet Fry. I answer. Hello, mama. Hey, Everett, so uh, you know you're supposed to come over and have dinner with, with me and your dad, so we're looking forward to seeing you. He's got the steaks already. I think you're supposed to be here in about 10 minutes, so I just wanted to make sure you oh. didn't forget again. Yeah, sorry. No, I work ran a little late here. Uh, I, I'm helping a, a, a new new guy out on a case here. And we need a little oh, extra you can work bring after. that new guy, too, you know, just because oh, I, I don't know. I don't know like, if he wants to. It's like looking at like does. Does Nicholas hear this conversation? I don't know. 
<laughs> Nicholas, can you roll me like how, how a wits like and awareness? My cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Sorry. wits and awareness, and add a bonus die because you really do love Everett and would be hanging on his every word. <laughs> oh my god! Poor kid. <laughs> Three success. <laughs> yeah, you hear what's going on on the phone. His face just fucking lights up. Yeah, at the so idea. <laughs> it's just. Oh, I don't think he would. Like looking over is like. Uh, Wanna miss that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll be we'll be by in about t- twenty, I think, from here, Mom. Uh, can I can I bring anything? Y'all got enough to drink over there, or anything else? If you, if you want to bring a, a bottle of wine, I'm sure you know the Colonel would love that. All right, uh, love you, Mama. I'll be there uh, in uh, a little bit, about twenty minutes. Love, love you too. See you soon. All right. Hang up. Yep. And say, uh, well, uh, you're, uh, you're invited to, to dinner. I am just so excited. <laughs> Are you sure? I, I mean, you know, my, my mom and dad, they can be a little, uh, uh, pushy with their hospitality. If you've got something else going on, I absolutely appreciate that. You know, I well, can drop you off anywhere, but unless you don't want me there, sir, and unless there's more official business that i should be doing i put my job first ahead of my social functions uh if you would prefer that i keep doing these wellness checks and i stick around for the toxicology report uh then i will do that otherwise i'm happy to go get the libations where the fuck is this man from That's all fine. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let's go pick up a bottle of wine and then I'll, I just can't believe he's saying this, but I'll introduce you to my folks. <laughs> <laughs> so you go and pick up a bottle of wine. Uh, Nicholas, yeah. can you roll me? <laughs> I don't think you're a wine person. I'm going to say wits and etiquette. Ooh. Do I have anything? No, I don't have it. I'd give you a bonus die from Everett, but I don't think he knows shit about it's wine. Right. He does about his dad, though. Throw an extra die, bo- die on there for him, helping you pick right. out the bottle. All right. Yeah. Uh, two success, actually. Two successes. Mid-range bottle of wine. You're not buying something that's so expensive that it's clear you're you're a little too thirsty for the attention, <laughs> but you're also not buying something so cheap that you're going to look bad when you arrive. <laughs> you make your way over to Fry Ranch. It's at the edge of Drinkwater. It is a retired ranch. Everett's family are not currently operating it as a ranch, but it is a nice property. It is well-maintained. It is put together. There's a long dirt road drive up. Everett, how would you describe your childhood home? Um, I think it is uh, a house that started small um, and modest and uh, got built kind of built upon so it's almost like there was like a house built around a house built around a house i don't know if you've ever been in like a farmhouse that's like that if it's been around for long enough generations it's like the add-ons were kind of done i don't know if this is the right term but like ad hoc or just like as you were kind of able to complete them so it becomes like a bit of a sprawling big property even for like like two folks who are like retired now so there's like parts of the house that they just don't like use <laughs> anymore kind of thing. It's like, but it becomes like a thing of like, if you want to like host like a big family thing, you, everybody has space there and stuff like that. But I think just, especially as they're 
uh, where they go, where they went to retire, um, uh, more effort was put into just making it a nicer home than like just what it needed to be. If that makes sense. So yeah, there, there are, there are rooms that are like very lived in and cluttered with like, just like memorabilia or like, just like physical indications of like a lot of history and stuff like that. And then there are other rooms that it's like, oh, that's, that's the TV room. Uh, and you think it's a room for like watching TV, but it's just a room that has a television in it. But like that's, they just, they, and no one goes in there. <laughs> yep. And that is the tour you get when you arrive. Juliet is a small, very spry woman, very excited to have you there, Nicholas. You know, I never get to hear about whatever it's like at work. He doesn't tell those stories. You know, he tries to keep his work life and his family life separate. You know, you, you got a good rumor. You got like a favorite story you've heard about Everett. I've just started working with a man, but I can already tell you it's going to be the best experience of my professional career. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. But I got to ask, did you maybe hear a rumor about him? Maybe just one? <laughs> we don't, uh, you know, we, we don't, we don't rumor monger uh, or anything like that at the station, mom. So that. I don't know. Nicholas. I feel like there, there might be a rumor in this. This Nicholas feels like it might be a friend of mine. Uh, let's roll competing. <laughs> Manipulation, oh or I will say God. charisma and persuasion roles wow. between Everett and his mom trying to win over Nicholas. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I actually have at least one dot in both of those, which I don't remember, but there they are. Yes. It's not a it's not a big pool of dice. Which is why I get one success. Everett's mom gets four successes. Nicholas, oh. you can't resist this power of the mom. Share a rumor you've heard about Everett from the station. <laughs> Um, well, I don't know if uh, this is what uh, rumor mongering would call juicy, but I hear that he has been shopping around for a fancy hat. Oh, you know that it worked for my boy. He says he does that. I mean, it also give him that whole noir thing. I know sometimes he done been smoking. He tries to quit. He tries to quit. He's been trying for so long, but he ain't quite quit yet. So we can make a whole Casablanca out of him. We all have our vices, ma'am. Uh, and and uh, I hope that he finds the hat that works for him. <laughs> I hope so, too. Now, come on. You got to get you where you got some food. And she leads you into the dining room where you see a big bear of a man come through. He's still in a dress shirt. It's still starched. It's straight. But he's a big, burly guy with a beard. And he just says, all right, we got ourselves a new friend. I don't know if you've met me yet. I'm Colonel Alexander Fry, retired, but you can call me Colonel. And Nicholas, he just takes your hand in a big ham hock of a hand. He says, any friend of my boy is a friend of mine. Welcome. Th thank oh. you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Pleasure, pleasure to meet you. Real, and real how are you doing, son? Here. Good to see you. Oh. Uh, I'm doing just fine, sir. Good to see you. <clears throat> uh, we brought a, a bottle of wine. Uh, Nicholas has it here. There you go. It's a, uh, a 20, uh, 20 uh, Cabernet Sauvignon <laughs> from California. It's from the future. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, what is that? Make it like 2017 and you're good. 20 <laughs> this is a 2017 Cabernet Sauvignon from California. Now that's impressive. That must have been what, $24.99? I mean, uh, a man don't pay and tell. Oh, I bet I'm right though. I love knowing what things cost. All right, take a seat. So, Nicholas, you sit down. <laughs> Along with Everett. Everett, for one of those painful dinners, not so yeah. much 
your parents are are good people and they mean really well, but your mom is just fishing for gossip about you from work and your personal life. And there's enough of it coming out. And it's all so banal that you know she will obsess over it and tell all of the neighbors. And your dad is very much holding court, Mm -hmm. which is not something that you do, which makes me think, like, how do you feel about your dad as, like, the center of the party guy, but also making everyone call him Colonel? And he does have a weird obsession. He needs to know, like, what everything costs. He's that dad where, like, he talks about prices a lot. I I think they're... Uh, Everett as, you know, we all know him uh, now and then also later uh, is very much a product of just trying not to be like your parents. So he's very like warm, genial, just come on, you're, you're part of the family kind of like attitude and stuff like that is why Everett is often like kind of distant and like stilted in how he talks and things like that. And so he just, just because, you know, you, you, um, you try to be different from your folks in certain ways and some like that sometimes. And that is just kind of how it manifested in Everett is he just became a little bit more of a straight laced um, or, or uptight a little kind of guy. And so Mm -hmm. at these dinners, I think he, he, you know, he doesn't live at home anymore. So when he comes over for these dinners, it's all a big reminder of like, Oh boy, like, like this is charming as, as hell. But for him, this was like every day and then every Sunday kind of thing. And it's just, he's just, it does not charm him the way it does other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's also innately a little bit put on at all times. It's that yeah. always hosting or like, you got to do a little more, boy. You know, liven up, liven up. That, of course, yeah, pushes just, every just, introvert further introverted. Yeah, slapping on the back kind of, I know, dad, I will. <laughs> just kind of, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so after this dinner, which for you, Everett, is long and uncomfortable, and for you, Nicholas, is delightful and charming, they clear the plates and go into the kitchen to sort out dessert. And Nicholas, your phone chimes, because you are on these reports. You are the more technically savvy of the two of you. And the Emmy reports come in. You receive the report for Carolyn Stitz, and when you open it up, you find out that what you feared was true. There was no blood in her body. <sighs> And you innately, because you are the one who is by the book, also pulled up a report on Martin Slump's body. And you can see that the same thing has been reported, even though no one commented on it at Hmm. any time. Both of these bodies, in fact, had no blood left in their system. Okay. What do you say sitting next to Everett? Um, So the other two are gone. His parents are gone. The parents are in the dining room. So you have this moment to be able to talk yourselves. Okay. Um, uh, I hate to ruin the joviality of the evening, sir. Oh, no, please do. We have two bloodless victims. And he's going to hold up his phone. And he like squints at it and says, hang on, uh, come outside. Uh, I'll just shout kind of down the hall. uh, uh, Mama, sir, uh, we're just stepping outside. Uh, carry on. We'll we'll be back in a minute. Just a quick little bit of business here. Dinner was lovely. And that's when you hear the doorbell ring at the front of the house. Uh, Can can you get that on your way? Yes. Yep. And he'll, he'll go to the door and open it. And you open it and outside you see Eliza Tops, who is standing without a camera person. 
She is standing there alone. She seems more serious than you've seen her. You usually see Eliza on air or live on air and a bit more put on than in serious journalist mode. And Eliza, you have your notebook out. You are here. And you have also discovered through your contacts that neither of these bodies had any blood in them. But this suggests things are more dangerous than you thought. What do you say to Everett Fry and Nicholas Pike as they step out of the house? Detective Fry, and then just nods at Nicholas Pike, not knowing who he is. Um, This is not my first rodeo. I have traveled the country searching for stories like this. I know there is more going on than what you're telling everyone. No blood in the bodies? Oh, God damn it. People don't do this. Uh, and the it's worst just, people don't do this it's to just, the people they kill. This is out the door with the door closed behind him because he, he was not ready for Eliza Tops to be at his parents' front door. And mm. it's a thing of just like, this is my parents' house. Like, you can't do this. You and I have our little tete-a-tete, whatever it is. Uh, I'm off the and clock. Detective and Detective Fry, you can't keep this dangerous information from the people of Drinkwater. They deserve to know what they're up against. And before Eliza Tops can say anything more, a blur out of the darkness behind her smashes forwards. Eliza, you are thrown 10 feet to your left and slide along the dirt and the grass painfully. Nicholas, you feel a punch fold you up. You feel a hand on your back and you're thrown out and slam into the side of Everett's car. And Everett, before you can react to any of this, you're seeing people scream and fly. You feel two hands grab you and just slam you against the wall. And in front of you, you see, for the first briefest moment, a person dressed in all black with alabaster pale skin, lean back, hiss and inhuman hiss as fangs spread in their mouth. And they lunge forward to bite your neck and they freeze in place. And you look down and see the tip of a silver stake through their chest. And then they melt into ash. As a figure steps out from behind your parents' driveway where they had been hidden, carrying a now unloaded crossbow having been fired. A woman, muscular, with spiky hair, in a black tailored suit, And she holds up an ID to all of you from behind her sunglasses and says, FBI agent Val Miller, I have some things to tell you. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of players Tyler Hewitt, Claire Blackwood, Del Borovic, and Laura Hamstra, alongside storyteller Ryan LaPlante. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ad breaks use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. For all things Dum Dums and Dice, including merchandise and how to join our Patreon, you can visit dumdumdice.com or find us on social media at dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christopher Little, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L, Dia De Los Hoodless, Squishy Werewolf, Remy, Funky Head, Nomad, the Wise Paladin of the Badlands, Accent Therapeutic Services in Florence, Kentucky, Lale, Shulzari, Gus Schreider, The Long Family, Jordan Oliver, Richard Wright, Brittany Fenwick, Alex Parr, Old Man Mojo, Dragonfly, The Body Barrelers, Megan Werner, A Man Out of Time, Curtis at FingertechRobotics.com, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.